Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR Grassroots Racing is full throttle every week on Flow Racing, where you can stream over 1,300 events live and on demand and access exclusive coverage. Subscribe to Flow today to see NASCAR legends, past, present, and future, go head-to-head with hometown heroes at tracks like Bowman Gray, Meridian, South Boston, and more. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Yeah, I mean, it's been stressful after the first couple races of the year. I kind of rode off pointing our way into the championship and then we had a stretch of really good races and and kind of turned that around to like hey we might be able to do this and then you got guys that kept winning and uh the the point or the cutoff line kept creeping up and up and up so uh it feels really good to hopefully get myself above that cutoff line by a couple spots nascar live is brought to you by lou emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of nascar it works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. And, man, it is hard to believe that we are halfway through the month of July. We are rocketing through this race season. We are six weeks away a month and a half away for the playoffs beginning for the NASCAR Cup Series. Cole Custer is going to join us on the show today. We'll check in with Cole. Had a decent run going at New Hampshire, and then things got kind of out of control there at the end. We'll check in with Cole and see where he is, and as far as his preparations are concerned for Pocono this weekend as well. With Christopher Bell's win at New Hampshire over the weekend, Joe Gibbs Racing is strong across the Cup and the Xfinity Series. We'll do a deeper dive into their successes of 2022. We talk about racing at Pocono this weekend. Well, there are three turns at Pocono instead of four, but each of the three were inspired by a turn from other racetracks. We'll learn a little bit about each of those. Also, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is heading into their playoff cutoff race this weekend. Where do things stand and who needs to have a good race? We'll analyze it for you. Plus, we'll preview the entire racing weekend at the Pocono Raceway and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the biggest headlines in NASCAR Nation coming out of New Hampshire. Kyle? Well, Mike, a huge announcement was made today in regards to the 2023 NASCAR Cup Series schedule. Cup cars will race on a street course through downtown Chicago on July 4th weekend, 2023. 
Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, NASCAR President Steve Phelps, Senior Vice President of Racing Development and Strategy Ben Kennedy, and 2311 racing driver Bubba Wallace were all on hand in Chicago to help make the announcement. In 75 years, our sport has never had a street course. And I am excited and proud to announce to you today that on July 2nd, 2023, the NASCAR Cup Series will be coming to downtown Chicago uh, and racing here. So really excited about that. Mayor Lightfoot, obviously this is a, a huge moment for the city of Chicago, massive undertaking for not only the city, but for NASCAR as well. Why was it important to bring NASCAR to your city? Um, when we started talking about this opportunity a year ago, um, the excitement among all of us, and particularly me, about the possibilities, um, which is off the charts. This is a huge, huge sports town. I think that goes without saying. And the opportunity to bring something so unique as NASCAR to the city of Chicago, uh, and I think it's going to be one of the most iconic race courses maybe ever, and, and introduce um, a whole new fan base mm -hmm. to what NASCAR is about in the city of Chicago, we couldn't pass up uh, that opportunity. The fans of, of NASCAR, I don't have to tell you, are broad and wide and deep, and the opportunity to really, I think, ignite um, our tourism with a new iconic event um, on the calendar was a, a no-miss opportunity. You know, NASCAR has made several big moves, Ben, with the schedule over the last couple of years. Where does this one rank, in your opinion? Yeah, that's a good question. And you know, I think, to your point, if you look at our schedules over the past couple of years, we've made a lot of bold changes. You know, went to L.A. Coliseum earlier this year. Um, new tracks went to Worldwide Technology Raceway about a month or so ago. But you know, I'd say of all the changes, this is our boldest change as a schedule. Um, you know, we've said, and it's been pretty synonymous when we announce the schedules, uh, that we want to be bold and innovative as we think about new venues and new concepts that we're going to. Um, this is number one on the list for us right now. Um, and it's certainly going to be the most anticipated event of our season and one of the biggest sporting events um, in our country in 2023. So we're really excited about it. And, you know, as Mayor um, Lori Lightfoot had mentioned, you think about Chicago, you think about the rich history of sports here. Um, you think about the iconic skyline, you think about the iconic um, landmarks around the city, you know, Navy Pier, Cloudgate, um, a handful of them that actually have our NASCAR Cup cars racing around the streets of Chicago is going to be something um, just incredible. So, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit, um, I know, but you know, as you think about the race weekend, it's going to be on July 1st and July 2nd next year. So we'll have one of our IMSA sanctioned series that will be competing on Saturday. Our NASCAR Cup Series, our Premier Series, will be competing on Sunday um, and really want to create an event-driven atmosphere around it. We want it to be fun. We want it to be um, you know, a great atmosphere and experience for a lot of people that come out, um, get to enjoy racing, get to enjoy music, get to enjoy a lot of the great things that Chicago has to offer. First street course for NASCAR. So what are your goals for this race, Ben? We have a lot of goals, um, that's for sure. So <laughs> yeah. There is no shortage of goals on this one. Um, you know, I'd say the first couple that come to mind is we want to put on great racing for our fans. Um, you know, I think if you look at the Cup schedule today, some of the best racing that we see are on road courses. Um, I think this is going to be very similar to that. I think our fans will see a really exciting show. And you know, we were driving around it earlier today. When you go down Columbus and you go down Lakeshore, you know, a lot of passing zones and passing lanes that you know, Bubba and I know the driver is going to have the, the ability uh, to do. And then... <laughs> <laughs> See the fingers crossed there, right? Yeah. Fingers crossed. Bubba, I want to hear from you as a driver. How excited are you to 
be a part of the first ever street course race as a Cup Series driver. This is monumental for our sport. Um, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, and, and if you've been following my journey for the last little bit, I've always said the unknowns is what excite me. It excites me, and so I don't know what to expect going into this deal. I know that these guys got a lot of work to do, and the city <laughs> does too to get it ready, but it's exciting. I think uh, Mayor Lightfoot said it earlier, being in this city, uh, bringing NASCAR to this demographic. You know, we talk about how representation matters, and I think exposing this sport to this area downtown with so much to do around while the race is going on is, is super important. So you're going to get that next Bubba Wallace that's sitting in the stands like I was mm -hmm. when I was nine years old to be like, hey, I want to do this one day, but I want to be better. And I'm going to tell him good luck. In other news from over the weekend, it was announced that Ty Dillon and Petty GMS Racing will part ways following the 2022 season. Dillon currently sits 28th in the point standings in his first year with the team. Multiple outlets report that Xfinity Series standout Noah Gregson is the leading candidate to take over the number 42 car in 2023. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll visit with the general. Cole Custer is here. And later, we'll talk about the strength of Joe Gibbs Racing. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We continue here on our Tuesday night get-together with the driver of the number 41 Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing. Cole Custer is on NASCAR Live. Cole, welcome back to the show. How are we doing? Oh, doing good. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, with your result from New Hampshire, things could have turned out a little better for you at the end. But you were there at the end. What went astray there at the end at New Hampshire? Yeah, I mean, overall, our guys made some great changes to the car and got us up front. I mean, we were running, I mean, third there for a while. And I think we were seventh by the time we had the pit. But, you know, it's just one of those things that keep you out there and you just pray that there's a caution. You're just praying something happens. Uh, but unfortunately, nothing did. And we had to come down and pit at the end. But uh, overall, I mean, it was good to have some speed and, you know, show that we could run up there. So it's just a matter of, uh, you know, hopefully we can start the races up there more and unload a little better. And I think we'll, we'll have a better weekend overall. You know, you talk about having speed. You've had speed the last couple of races, but things just didn't fall your way at the end. Are you guys making progress on this new car? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody at Stuart Haas, I mean, I think, you know, the first half of the year, we were kind of searching a little bit, wondering which way to go with the cars. Um, but now I think we're starting to hone in more and more about what we need to do with our cars. So, um, you know, I, I mean, you see that in our, you know, our speed is getting better and better. It's just a matter of putting the whole race together, and I think we'll you'll see all four of our cars closer to the front. What's the learning process been like? How how are you as a driver having to learn things differently, going about things differently, the team having to prepare differently in this car than you did the car from last year and years past? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been uh, different this year, especially the first probably 10 races or so. Just learning as a driver, you know, how far you can push the thing, you know, I mean, because you can see it now i mean the second you get the things loose i mean you're back in the fence so it's uh it's a it was a lot just getting used to how far you can push the cars 
I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it's like for all the team guys, you know, because it's uh, it's a brand new animal and it's uh, it's hard as a team. You don't have a ton of practice time right now. So it's a lot of just process of elimination, trying things and figuring out what works and what doesn't. Well, I'll, I'll ask you this question on behalf of those that are probably thinking it. Obviously, you know, you've gone over the line when you back it into the fence like you just described and you're trying to get to the point to where you don't step over the line. How close to the line are you? Do you have notice when it steps out? I mean, how do you know? You know when you've gone too far, but I think it sounds like that you're still learning how far to go before that happens. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I would say compared to our old cars or say compared to like an Xfinity car, you probably have about half as much notice um, compared to what we used to have. So it's just, you can step the thing out half as much. And I think the shorter tracks that have less speed, um, you can step it out a little bit more. Um, but at these faster tracks like Pocono, you know, when you get that thing sideways, there's not going to be much of any safety. Talk about Pocono. Obviously, that's a unique animal. We'll talk more in depth about Pocono in a moment. But as far as the different styles of tracks, we're still going to tracks for the first time this year. New Hampshire for the first time. Pocono this weekend for the first time. Are you taking things from other tracks or the learnings up until this point, applying them and having success with that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you pretty much have built up a notebook of, you know, we've been to probably every single different style of racetrack at this point. So we have a notebook of, you know, what's worked, what hasn't. Um, so we have an idea of what we want to unload with. Um, but at the same time, every single track's different. And especially when you look at Pocono, it's like nowhere else. I mean, they call it the tricky triangle for a reason. So um, it's going to be really hard to get your heights right and really figure out what package you want to run going to Pocono just because you have three totally different corners. And I think this year it might be even more prevalent of, you know, you might have to give something up in one corner to be good in another. Well, let's explore Pocono. We're chatting with Cole Custer, getting ready to go into the Eminem's Fan Appreciation 400 Sunday at Pocono Raceway. Of the three corners, they're totally different. Turn one, banked the most. Turn two, the tunnel turn, banked in the middle, but a treacherous corner. And then turn three is basically flat. What's your favorite one? Man, when you get it right, the tunnel turn, it's hard to beat. It's a really fun corner. But when you get it wrong, you are just praying that you make it through. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a hard corner. It has really big bumps, um, and it's fast. So it's in narrow. So it's one of the hardest corners that we go to in NASCAR, but um, it's fun when you get it right, though, for sure. I know that drafting at some point will become a factor where you'll try to get into a slipstream and, and, and get the run. What is the point of no return when you're locked in behind somebody and you're getting pulled into them that you have to bail out to accommodate getting the nose to set to turn and go through the corner? Yeah, I mean, I think you'll see that if you're within a car length, maybe two car lengths, the dirty air gets extremely bad going into the corners, especially at Pocono, a place that's um, usually a little bit one lane, but we might be able to spread it out a little bit this weekend. Um, so once you get within that kind of two car length range, it gets pretty hard to make your car handle through the corners. So you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do because it feels real nice when you're getting that big suck up down the straightaways. But once you get to that corner, it's a totally different story. I'll use the tunnel turn as the example. I'll be in the tunnel turn for MRN on Sunday, and it is an eye-opening experience to watch you guys go through there with the speed that you do it, but also navigating the bumps. This car seems to have challenges navigating bumps on the racetrack. How do you get the car to get settled down? Is there anything you do, the team does, with minimal practice time to get you as comfortable over the bumps as possible? 
Oh, there's a little bit you can do as a driver to try and make yourself pointed right over them. Uh, make sure you're running the right, right line where the bumps aren't as bad. Um, but also it's just, man, having that car didn't get through there good, you know? So it's, you gotta have the car where it's not out of control. Cause I think you're gonna see this weekend, some guys are gonna get pretty aggressive um, going through there and how rough they can make it. Um, so they can be better around the rest of the track. So it's, uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think you're gonna be see some action for sure down there. Cause I don't think a lot of guys are gonna be getting through there very good over those bumps. A heat wave is sweeping the nation. Uh, the good news is that it looks like that we're going to be in the mid-80s Sunday at Pocono. How hot have you ever been in a race car? Like, where was that? Do you know the temperature? And and how do you go about coping with that? Man, I remember, like, Chicago, like, uh, in Xfinity for me. Uh, middle of the summer, it was humid. I mean, it was about 100 degrees. You know, it gets up to 140 degrees or higher in the cars. Those ones I remember just being extremely brutal. Um, we haven't had a, an extremely hot day, I don't feel like this year, but you never know when it's gonna creep up because uh, you know, the summertime, it, it's just, it gets brutal in the race cars for sure. Of course, you just mentioned Chicago, making the announcement today that we're gonna be racing on the Chicago street course next year. Number one, your thoughts of racing on a street course, but it's coming at Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be really cool going to a course inside of a city, you know, having that atmosphere, it won't be like anywhere else. Having just so many people around um, in the middle of the heart of a city will be completely different than what we usually do. Um, the racing will be interesting. I think we did do an iRacing event on a street course at Chicago, and there were a lot of wrecks. So um, it's just extremely narrow, um, really bumpy. Um, so for us, for how aggressive our cars and our racing is on road courses, I think you're going to see a lot of torn up race cars just because you're going to have a lot of people going for the same real estate with walls all around you. Well, we wish you the best. I know you're going to have fun Saturday. You're going to have fun on Sunday. Appreciate you making time, my friend. All the best and have fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Cole Custer. He'll be doing double duty this weekend at Pocono. Of course, you can hear the action right here on the Motor Racing Network. More coming up on NASCAR Live. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We know Joe Gibbs Racing is strong no matter what, but 2022 is proving to be very strong on the Cup and the Xfinity side as well. Dan Hubbard is here to tell us more about one of NASCAR's powerhouse race teams. As the NASCAR Cup Series regular season winds down, Joe Gibbs Racing is once again in the spotlight. The team is gearing up for the playoffs while trying to figure out the future of some key members. In the final weeks of the regular season, there should be little drama for Denny Hamlin and the number 11 team. They've locked in their opportunity to pursue that elusive championship later this fall. Hamlin, in a season marked by parity, is one of five repeat winners this year, having won the Coke 600 at Charlotte as well as winning at his home track in Richmond. Is old Denny Hamlin at the Richmond Raceway. He's opened up four car links on Kevin Harvick in lap traffic off turn four. The streak has been broken. Denny Hamlin sees the checkered flag and Hamlin wins the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond Raceway. 
Christopher Bell's playoff status was very much in question heading into last weekend's race at Loudoun, New Hampshire. Bell was part of last season's playoff 16 thanks to his first career win at the Daytona Road Course. Now, he is the 14th race winner in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2022, likely securing his spot in the playoffs. Bell's second career win also puts the team in an awkward position as it pushed his teammate Martin Truex Jr. back into the final playoff spot. So while that may have changed the playoff picture for JGR, see Bell felt the relief after claiming his lobster prize. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been stressful. After the first couple of races of the year, I kind of rode off pointing our way into the championship, and then we had a stretch of really good races and, and kind of turned that around to like, hey, we might be able to do this. And then you got guys that kept winning, and uh, the, the point or the cutoff line kept creeping up and up and up. So uh, it feels really good to hopefully get myself above that cutoff line by a couple spots. The future for Martin Truex Jr. was in flux a month ago as speculation throughout the spring was that the 2017 Cup Series champion was set to retire. Truex put those rumors to rest by agreeing to a one-year extension with JGR for the 2023 season. While Truex will be back in the number 19 next year, it still remains to be seen whether he'll be racing for a championship this year. After winning the pole at New Hampshire on Saturday, Martin Truex Jr. seemed to have the car to beat, and indeed, he was dominant for most of the afternoon. Truex won both stages and led a race-high 172 laps, but he finished fourth after a pit call and a restart in the final stage went against him. Currently, Truex sits fifth in the projected playoff standings and boasts the most stage wins with seven. He isn't guaranteed to make the playoffs as he remains winless with six races left in the regular season. Only 68 points separate Truex and Kevin Harvick for the final transfer spot, which has team owner Joe Gibbs a bit nervous. I'm very nervous about it. I think all of us. I think uh, I don't think any of us would have dreamed when the year started we would have you know 15 winners at this point, and uh, so yeah, uh, that's why we were pulling so hard for him to get it, and then of course Christopher was in pretty much the same boat, and so thank goodness Christopher was able to get it done, but we got to give Martin everything we can give him because we need that car. We need it in the playoffs, that's for sure. The playoff future for Kyle Busch isn't in question as Busch will once again take part in the postseason, having won on the dirt at Bristol back in April. But the future of JGR remains uncertain for Busch. He has admitted recently to speaking with other teams as NASCAR's silly season has ramped up over the past few weeks. The prospect of Kyle Busch exiting from the 18 has left owner Joe Gibbs surprised by how things have played out. I am, in a way. It's been hard. We've been working really hard to try and get things done. And it is hard, though. you got to put a lot in place to make things work out. And we're working as hard as we can. We're going after it in a number of, number of different directions. And so, yeah, I'm surprised at this point that we haven't been able to get that finished. The 2022 success for JGR isn't limited to the Cup Series. It's been a stellar Xfinity Series season for the team, as Ty Gibbs and Brandon Jones have combined for five wins this year. Ty Gibbs dominated the Arca Menard Series on his way to a championship in 2021. And while he was at it, he picked up four wins racing part-time in the Xfinity Series. Gibbs has continued his winning ways in 2022, leading the Xfinity Series projected playoff standings with wins at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Richmond, and recently at Road America. 19-year-old driver from Charlotte, North Carolina, pulling away by one, by two, now by three. Car links, it's all over at Road America. Across the line goes Ty Gibbs, career win. 
number eight. He made the move back in Canada corner by pulling away from Kyle Larson and never looking back. What has led to the success for Joe Gibbs Racing? Well, according to Christopher Bell, it's the equipment. Yeah, I mean, simple question or the simple answer is just the setup. But with that being said, the setups today in the next gen era is unlike anything else. And you can't even use notes from, you know, the last 10, 12 years of the Gen 6 car. So, you know, in some of these places that we go to, like Richmond is another great racetrack for JGR and some of their philosophies or whatever translated. And we were good at, at Richmond with the next gen car. But then you look at the road courses, which were racetracks that we were super strong at last year or last several years with the gen six car and now we're pretty much out to lunch with next gen so yeah i mean it's uh there i really can't find a rhyme or reason to why they why we succeed at certain racetracks but they uh they definitely have their good tracks and bad tracks but for coach gibbs it simply comes down to the people yeah i think for us we've had kind of a really up and down year everybody kind of knows we've been off some for sure road racing's given us fits and so it's hard and new car everything that's taking place you just keep working hard we got great people lord's lord's blessed us with great people and we just keep working hard and so hopefully we're getting a handle on things and um, hopefully it'll show up the playoffs will be here before you know it and joe gibbs racing intends to be a championship force to be reckoned with Thank you, Dan. Coming up, the Tricky Triangle and its Tricky Turns. And later, an overview of where the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs lay before the cutoff race. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. We're headed off to Pocono this weekend, and Pocono is a unique track solely on the fact that it's shaped like a triangle. But upon further review, each turn is different and a replica of a turn from other tracks. Kurt Becker is here with the history lesson you didn't know you needed. The tricky triangle known as Pocono Raceway is arguably the most unique track in all of motorsports. As the nickname suggests, the track is triangular in shape as opposed to the oval shape of most of the tracks in NASCAR. The uniqueness does not just stop with the shape. The three corners of that triangle are all unique and have their own story and present their own challenges. Drivers start on the longest straightaway on a North American speedway at nearly 4,000 feet before they barrel down into turn one at speeds near 200 miles an hour. That turn is banked at 14 degrees and modeled after Trenton Speedway, a kidney bean-shaped oval at the New Jersey State Fairgrounds. The turn is known as one of the most treacherous in NASCAR because of the high speeds that are carried into the corner. Brake issues going into turn one at Pocono have caused some of the most breathtaking crashes in the sport's history, like Ken Schrader in 2003 and Jeff Gordon in 2006. Charlie, turn number one, upside down. 
That is Kenny Schrader. Hard into the outside wall. Goes all the way over. Lands back on his feet. Fire erupting out of the rear end of the Blair.com dodge. Schrader spins down into the infield grass. A vicious lick for Schrader. Got turned around. Hit the wall backwards. Flipped all the way over. Schrader scrambling. Trying to come out of that dodge. Spectacular crash down in turn number one. We see Ken Schrader trying to climb out of the car. There is flames toward the rear end and the front end. But Schrader is out of the machine and steps away from it. Let's go back to turn one. He is out, Barney. It appears to be okay. Not a happy camper, as you might well expect after a terrifying ride here in turn number one. Gordon pounds the outside wall. Something went wrong at the exit to the at the entrance to the corner. He went down through the infield, hit the access road, flew a good eight feet in the air. There is mud, there is dirt, there is debris everywhere in turn one. And Jeff Gordon has absolutely pulverized the safer barrier and the window net is coming down. That's a huge relief for Jeff Gordon fans as he almost knocked the wall down here in turn one. The entrance of turn one is not the only treacherous part of the corner. Drivers are always fighting for position on the exit of the corner, and some of those incidents have led to even more spectacular crashes, like when Dale Earnhardt Incorporated teammates Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Steve Park got together in 2002. Oh, further back, Steve Park, corrupt problems, contact in the wall. Dale Earnhardt Jr. involved. Park now flipping wildly end over end down the long pond straightaway. Now the car comes to rest down on the inside of the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is collected. Two cars crash and collide in a vicious wreck off turn number one. Caution is on the speedway. It comes out very early in the event here this afternoon. Let's go back to turn two. It's a problem for Steve Park and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Barney, the two got tangled up when they cleared turn number one. Steve Park went hard into the Armco barrier down to the inside of the long pond straight away. The car then became airborne, flipping wildly, turning gyrations. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has quickly climbed from the Budweiser Chevrolet. He has run over to Steve Park. Safety crews are on the scene, but two cars now collected Steve Park and Dale Earnhardt Jr. down to the inside here on the long pond stretch. When drivers come off of turn one, they head on to the long pond straight away before heading to turn two. Turn two is the tightest of the three corners. It is modeled after one of the quick 90-degree corners at Indianapolis Motor Speedway and is banked at just eight degrees. The short radius of that corner lends itself to some hair-raising moments and classic passes, like when Bobby Labonte sailed it in on the outside of Dale Earnhardt Jr. to make a winning pass in 2001. Here comes Bobby Labonte's orange and green Pontiac, but the red Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a stubborn foe. Earnhardt Jr. fights back to the inside. Labonte is still there, but Earnhardt Jr. forges back to the lead. White knuckle time at Pocono as they lean on each other. Labonte gives up the outside, dives low. Earnhardt swings left to block him. Here comes Labonte back on the outside again. Swapping lanes, swapping fenders as they battle for the lead, heading for two, and Bobby Labonte takes it over on the outside, and he's got the lead. Drivers then look to carry speed out of the tunnel turn onto the shortest of the three straightaways and into the long sweeping turn three. That turn is the longest and flattest on the track. It is banked just six degrees and modeled after the Milwaukee Mile and similar to what drivers encountered just last weekend at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. This corner is known for being the most important on the course. Drivers want their cars to drive well in the corner so they can carry as much speed as possible onto the long front straightaway. The corner also is not short on memorable moments. Just last summer, Kyle Larson looked like he was cruising to a victory until he entered turn three. Kyle Larson Express not to be derailed here this afternoon at the Pocono Raceway. Has 10 car lengths in hand over his teammate Alex Von Larson's in trouble. Up into the outside wall. Tire gone down right 
front for Kyle Larson. Into the outside walls, the leaders exit three. Do you believe it? And here comes Alex Bowman, and he will win this afternoon. Will another surprise winner claim victory through turn three? Hopefully, there will be no spectacular crashes in turn one. Will a driver gain multiple spots by heading into the tunnel turn wide open? The three unique corners, all with their own memories, will be in the spotlight on Sunday when the sport's best look to conquer the tricky triangle once more. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, it's Hail Mary time for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series as they head into their playoff cutoff race this weekend. And later, we'll preview the entire Pocono Racing Weekend. This episode is brought to you by AT&T Fiber. And in honor of their straightforward pricing, we're going to have a straightforward moment, just you and me. Be honest. When you're listening to ads like this one right here, you don't just sit there, ears glued and waiting to make a note of interesting offers, do you? Of course not. You're checking out your fantasy stats or catching up on the scores or doing any number of other things you want to do. I get it. I'm not fully paying attention to this ad either. I've got the game playing in a little window on my laptop as I read this. It's called multitasking. And now that we're being straightforward with each other, here's something else that can be totally straightforward. Your internet. No, seriously. Because when you become a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber, you don't just get super fast internet speeds. You get a bill that's straightforward all the way. Equipment fees, price increase at 12 months, not a thing here. Everything is straightforward the way it should be. And that's it. You can go ahead and check on your fantasy team now. Straightforward is better. No equipment fees, no data caps, no price increase at 12 months. Live like a gagillionaire with AT&T Fiber. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series has arrived at their final race of the regular season, meaning the playoffs are right around the corner. There are still some teams looking to lock themselves in before the weekend at Pocono is over. Tim Cattlefamo gives us who our attention needs to be on this weekend. As the Truck Series heads into Pocono Raceway this weekend, the playoff hopes for several drivers could be crushed in an instant. The drivers who have won and are therefore locked into a spot in the 2022 Truck Series playoffs are Zane Smith. Zane Smith, Christian Eckes, Ben Rhodes, and Tanner Gray. Zane Smith has raced his way by hooker by crook. Trouble coming off the trioval. Caution flag is out. This race is now official. The leader took the white flag, Zane Smith out front when the caution flag came out. Ben Rhodes. Rhodes right up against the outside wall. He rides the cushion through one and two. Cleanly off the corner, hard on the throttle down the back straightaway. Ben Rhodes looking for checkers. What a performance. He was a bridesmaid last year in this race. Not going to be the case tonight. Ben Rhodes out of turn number four. He's your winner at the Pinty's truck race on dirt at Bristol. What a performance. What a drive for Ben Rhodes. His first win of the year, his first on dirt. They're crashing on the front straightaway as the rest of the field comes to the checkered. John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter Nemechek leads now by one truck length. Two, now three, as Josevar dives it in deep into three, trying everything he can to take it away. One final shot by Carson. It will not be enough. John Hunter Nemechek across the line. Checkered flag is in the air. And John Hunter Nemechek has scored the win tonight at the Darlington Raceway. Chandler Smith. Now they work down the backstretch race for the lead in the win. Chandler Smith inside. Zane Smith tries to run him below the apron to no avail. Chandler Smith to the lead. He's got him by a truck length as they work off four. Zane Smith will make a final try. He looks to the high side. Not close enough to mount a challenge at the line. Chandler Smith wins in Las Vegas. 
and Stuart Friesen. Here they come out of turn number two. It's Stuart Friesen with the lead. He'll lead by half a truck length. Christian Eckes has got one final shot to get him back. It's all Stuart Friesen as he slides up the racetrack. And now Christian Eckes looks to the bottom. Friesen will block that lane. Checkered flag in the air. Stuart Friesen wins the SpeedyCash.com 220 at Texas Motor Speedway. Ty Majeski, Christian Eckes, and Carson Hosevar only just clinched their playoff spots on points after their finishes at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course a few weeks ago. That leaves just two playoff spots left for grabs and a battle waiting to ensue to make the postseason in Pocono. Rhodes moves Eckes up the racetrack, but it's all good news for Grant Enfinger. He came in having to win. They're wrecking on the back chute, but it's Enfinger all alone in turn four. A must-win situation, and Grant Enfinger has done exactly that at Martinsville. Enfinger across the line, and he has picked up the win in the NASCAR Hall of Fame 200 in an unbelievable finish. Grant Infinger sits currently ninth in the standings, but hasn't won since Martinsville back in 2020. His stats in Long Pond, Pennsylvania aren't stellar, but he has been consistent this season. If Infinger stays near the front and has a solid outing at Pocono, that might be just enough to bump his way in the playoffs. Clean racetrack out of the front windshield for the race leader, Matt Crafton. The rear view mirror, however, is completely different. Here comes Christian Eckes to the bottom in turn three, side by side for the lead and for the win in Kansas. One last gasp for Christian Eckes. Puts the nose to the inside off turn four. He's not going to get there for the first time in 95 races. Matt Crafton is headed back to Gander Trucks victory lane. Crafton wins. Another driver on a long dry spell since Kansas of 2020 is Matt Crafton. He currently sits directly on the cut line in 10th place, a mere 19 points to the good. The three-time Truck Series champion has never won at Pocono Raceway and has a career best finish of third. Crafton is aiming for a win or a top five to secure his playoff hopes at the Tricky Triangle. Stafford, Wisconsin driver who has never won at this level and he's hungry. Derek Krause all over the back tailgate of the race leader. Derek Krause is the first driver on the outside looking in, just 19 points below the cut line. Both Infinger and Crafton will have to keep their advantage over Kraus in Pocono if they want any shot at racing for a championship this season. In his two previous starts at Pocono, Derek Kraus has two top 10 finishes, which means if Infinger or Crafton slip up in the Pocono Mountains, Kraus could easily knock them out with a solid finish. The tricky triangle has the potential to break some hearts this weekend, with those drivers on the playoff bubble committing to doing everything they can to make sure it isn't them. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, we'll preview the busy racing weekend in Pocono and later this week in NASCAR history. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Kyle Ricky is back on the show with a preview of the racing this weekend at the Tricky Triangle. The eyes of the NASCAR world will once again be on the Northeast this weekend. After a full week of lobster in New Hampshire, all three of NASCAR's national series head just a bit southwest to Long Pond, Pennsylvania and the Pocono Raceway. Christopher Bell was triumphant in Loudoun, making him the 14th different winner of the season. That leaves only two spots open for points, with numerous former series champions still looking to lock themselves in with a win. As the leaders clear the tunnel turn for the final time. And Kyle Busch has cut it down, just two car lengths back from race leader Brad Keselowski. The celebration could be in Rochester, Michigan, or Las Vegas, Nevada. Here they come, the final two. Keselowski by two over Kyle Busch. Keselowski looking good, coming off turn number three, proving how tough he is this afternoon. He comes to Pocono and is going to beat them all. He'll win the Good Sam RV Insurance 500. Brad Keselowski gets the victory. One of those drivers who will need to get a win to get into the playoffs is Brad Keselowski. Keselowski has one of the best average finishes at Pocono at 10.6, including that win back in 2011. The RFK racing owner is coming off his best finish of the season with a seventh in New Hampshire. While Keselowski hasn't been on the track in his new car yet, he's heard that they are hard to handle coming off of the corners. Uh, yeah, they're having some cars on the track there. They had a test a couple weeks ago and another test last week. And, uh, uh, you know, from, from what I understand, uh, you know, the cars uh, can get really loose off the, the corners. And, and so just trying to manage that is, is going to be really tricky, but I think it's going to make for some good racing as well. One driver who is used to being good at Pocono, coming in with a lot of unknowns, is William Byron. William Byron for the final time off turn three. Has that Toyota pin to the bottom of the racetrack, now swings it wide up against the main straightaway, now splitting the distance of the front stretch. Checkered flag in the air. The Pocono Mountains 150 belongs to William Byron. It began with him on the pole. It ends with him taking a trip to victory lane. That victory for Byron was back in 2016 in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series in Byron's first trip to the racetrack. Part of the reason Byron got his initial start in NASCAR was his iRacing prowess. While Byron hasn't had a chance to jump on a simulator for Pocono just yet, he has seen some footage of fellow Chevy drivers and thinks shifting will once again be a big focus this weekend. I didn't get a chance to run Pocono in the simulator this week, but watching um, Brett Moffitt run the simulator, I got a chance to kind of see where he was shifting. Um, it, you know, it looks like you'll be shifting obviously every corner um, as it is this year in most places, but um, I don't know how if you'll shift twice in certain corners or not. Um, I'm not sure how the gearing is for that, but... It'll be interesting for sure. Byron admits that while the amount of shifting in this new car took some getting used to at first, but even with how many times drivers will be shifting at Pocono, the process has just become routine at this point. Honestly, yes, but we're used to it now. I think um, we've been shifting so much, even Charlotte, you know, if you're back in traffic, people were shifting. So I, I don't think you ever kind of rule it out of your playbook and then you know, with that comes kind of normalcy with it. So I, I think we're getting more and more used to it. It, it. it took me a while to, you know, understand how to take my hand off the wheel and, and use my left hand a little bit more to steer the car, but it's, um, it's becoming more natural now. The biggest challenge heading into any race at the Tricky Triangle is setting the car up to drive well 
in three unique corners. Corey LaJoy says that process might even be more of a challenge in the new car. You know, you don't have the opportunity to change the spring. The only thing you really have are, are wet rounds and sway bar blades. Yeah, you, you want to make sure that it's at least decent in all three ends because when a, when a next-gen car is driving bad, it's driving really bad relative to what we had previously. So, you know, you, you want to really focus on, on three because you want to be able to get into the gas and, and make sure you don't give up a lot of time in the front straightaway. But then again, like, the tunnel turn is, is the hardest one. It's the fastest one. It's the bumpiest one. Uh, and so you, you want to, you can't head your bets to a super flat, long radius corner when you've got a, when you've got a dang 90 degree corner with bumps and you're going 180 miles an hour through it. So it, it definitely makes it tough. Just how tricky will the tricky triangle be this year? We'll find out on Sunday in the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. Coverage on MRN begins at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Susie Armstrong's back with another installment of This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, it's your favorite time of the week, my friends. It's time for this week in NASCAR history. Here is Susie Armstrong. Well, thank you, sir. 1987. Fans were hungry for Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction, fueling the success of mega-hits Paradise City, Sweet Child of Mine, and Welcome to the Jungle. The disc is still history's all-time top-selling rollout. Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks were in hot pursuit of box office greatness in the buddy cop comedy Dragnet. And the chase was on as Dale Earnhardt battled Alan Kowicki in the final laps of the Summer 500 at Pocono Raceway. Opens the door and Kowicki goes back to the number two spot. But Earnhardt now owns a three car length advantage. They come into three and it will be. They leave three. Earnhardt owns a two car length advantage. Kowicki comes to the outside. Kowicki is closing. The young driver from Wisconsin trying to become the eighth different winner of the season. Earnhardt takes him out of turn number three. The race to the checkered flag. Earnhardt will win it by three car lengths. 1997, the Backstreet Boys released their debut album in the U.S. and rapidly morphed into bona fide superstars with the smash single, Quit Playing Games With My Heart. Italian fashion designer Gianni Versace lost his life to an obsessed killer just outside his South Beach mansion. And Dale Jarrett was tops at the Tricky Triangle, driving the Yates Racing Ford to Victory Lane in the Pennsylvania 500 at Pocono. Quit playing games with my heart. Lap traffic ahead, but it shouldn't be a problem for Dale Jarrett as he slips to the inside of the racetrack, off turn three, and back to the checkered flag. He won back-to-back races in the month of March at Atlanta and Darlington. Now, in the month of July, it is Dale Jarrett who comes to the start-finish line, takes the checkered flag, and wins the Pennsylvania 500 by 2.9 seconds over Jeff Gordon. 
2003, Beyonce blows it out big time with her debut solo summertime hit single, Crazy in Love. Johnny Depp fought ghost pirates as Captain Jack Sparrow in Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. And Jimmy Johnson was a buccaneer on the Magic Mile, scoring the win in the New England 300 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Jimmy Johnson's been so dominant here all afternoon long. He'll follow his boss, Jeff Gordon, but Jimmy Johnson leads the field into turn number three. He won earlier this year at the Lowe's Motor Speedway in Charlotte. He'll chalk up win number two in 2003 here today at New Hampshire International Speedway. The Lowe's Chevrolet across the start-finish line as the checkered flag is waving it. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We always appreciate the calendar. Also, we appreciate Cole Custer for joining us on the show today. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we appreciate you for joining us as well. Be sure to tune in for another edition of NASCAR Live Wide Open. You can check that out Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Plus, we're back with NASCAR Live Race Day on Sunday at Pocono. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive.